This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call, baby, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome. Here we are. I'm wearing matching half zips, like for the Mannings. It's a good-looking Johnny O pullover, guy. Not intentional, but why not? Powerful brand, the Olympic Club. Yeah. What's the place Peyton belongs in Denver? The really uh, exclusive, expensive one? Cherry Creek? Is that the one? I don't know. Shane Vereen was telling us about it. Elway, Peyton. Where they only want out-of-state members because it keeps it less crowded. Must be fun country clubs to be a part of. (laughs) Especially if you live in town. You just have the place yourself all the time. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is uh, Thursday afternoon as we record this. John's still banned from, well, hacked on Twitter. Sorry, not banned. Uh, everyone keeps DMing me. Yes, we know. I don't know why. I don't know who. Maybe it's a big, I mean, did it cross my mind that it was retribution? That there's some, you know, I did. The dark web took its revenge. Uh, I think engineers on their way out the door took their Elon frustrations out of Middlecoff. Crossed my mind. I do believe, though, there's a strong possibility that I'm done, even if I get it back. Because it it really hit me. Like, in in all seriousness. Uh Uh-huh. If I came and broke into your house yeah. and robbed you, mm-hmm. you would lose a bunch of shit, like tangible stuff. Yeah. If I took your fucking wedding ring, your wife's wedding ring, stole your nicest pair of shoes, who knows, your car. If, if I broke into this YouTube channel or our podcast feed and we didn't have the ability to load, we could not function in business. Yeah. I have had my Twitter account stolen and I've literally lost nothing. Beside the ability to occasionally like tweet out the Netflix show, the watcher, that guy would never drive a Prius. Like that's something I wanted to tweet last, but I don't, that's the, I've lost $0. I've lost zero anything. And I've actually been a happier person for two days. It's that's good, but you could steal everything in your life. People steal miss my you, John. People are tweeting at me. They miss you. Well, but even my mom doesn't understand, but, but, I, but the thing is when it's taken away from you and uh-huh. you do some interest, you realize yeah. you actually didn't lose anything. Wow. You didn't wow. lose anything, guy. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's fact. Everything else that I ha- have. Imagine, into- John, imagine Will Smith slapping Chris Rock and you not being on Twitter for that event, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, what I'm thinking about doing is just getting a random little account mm. and uh, maybe if I ever do get it back, which at this pace, who fuck knows? Like, I, I, I've come to grips with it. It may never come back my way. And it just, it, it I guess it kind of sucks 
but it kind of doesn't. Like, is that it? Just nothing actually happened, you know. But you're right. I can't. Maybe I should just do a burner now and just follow some people. But it's not the same. Like, I don't know exactly who my guy who I can't even see what my guy's doing. You know, it's just. It's just, it's just over. You know, I just, I've come to grips with it being over and I'm okay with it. You know, <laughs> if I stole your car, you don't have a car. If I steal your Twitter account, you literally just can't say, fuck, Aaron Judge is really going to go to the Giants. Like, that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do remember uh, in high school, there was a guy named uh, Raleigh Stanhope, a couple years older than us. Very good. Very you know good. where he went to college? Cal Poly? Virginia Tech uh, on, a, really on an engineering scholarship. Yeah. Very, very smart guy. guy. Very smart guy. He had a piece of shit car. Piece of shit. He used to leave the keys in the ignition. The door unlocked. He had a bumper sticker that said, answer my prayers, steal this car. <laughs> I remember going to lunch with him one time. The speedometer didn't work. Like, how fast are we going? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but really smart guys. Anyway, that's one person who would have wanted their car stolen, I guess, but. I got drunk several times in high school at the Stanhope's house. They had a cool little like, yeah, right. Good times. I think he's married to uh, forget her name. Very good baseball players. Yeah, very good baseball players. Uh, we are sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka, numero uno. That is the stuff. Thursday night football, Friday night. There's a bunch of Friday night football, Saturday football, golfing this weekend, hanging out, having people over to the. The house, going out to the bar, whatever you're doing, ladies and gentlemen, Tito's Handmade Vodka. That's where it's at. Here's the thing, guy. It's the holiday seasons. Mm. So, you know, in a couple weeks, there's this thing called Thanksgiving. And you're going to be spending time, whether you want to or not, with people in your family. <laughs> and you're going to be going places where, you know, alcohol might be necessary. On top of you just want to have a good time, but you might need it. And so when you're going to your aunt, when you're going to your uncle, when you're going to your cousin, when you're going to your brother-in-law's house, come with a, a bottle, hell, a handle of Tito's. There's so many different options. You can just bring a big thing of, uh, you know, soda water. You could also bring in like some Bailey's, some uh, shots of espresso, start making some espresso martinis. Three beans only, though. And uh, Bailey's and Kahlua and uh, White Russians. I did that a couple years ago yeah, on Christmas. It was, it was fantastic because... Uh, the one movie about the bowlers that actually is sneaky funny. The when you really embrace it, he just drank mm -hmm. white Russians. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that movie called again? You know, what uh, about? God, I don't know. It's nine hundred people's favorite movie on this stream, but uh, yeah, it's it's a cult classic. But he, he he just drinks white Russians and uh, and yeah, it's it's actually a really tasty drink, very flavorful. Uh, look at this, John. I'm on Tito's uh, Vodka.com right now. They have the Tito's easiest pie, which is. Uh, some OJ, some honey, some cinnamon, cinnamon stick for garnish. The Tito's spiced cider. Big Lebowski. Mule. Big Lebowski. <laughs> the cider mule, John. Warm spiced apple cider, some ginger beer. How about that? Are you a pumpkin pie guy? Um, I I am. I like it. Yeah. I'm not anti-pumpkin pie. A lot of people are strongly anti-pumpkin pie. I'd never choose it. I would never buy it. I would never choose it for myself. But if you threw some pumpkin pie in front of me and said, this is what we got, I'd say, you know what? I'll make it work. Yeah. I will eat it. I won't, but uh, you know, I, my my dad used to love it. My mom likes it. I mean, people people that like it love it. John, they've got the pumpkin pie uh, martini. That's what I'm saying. I, I just knew there would be some pumpkin level yeah. drinks. I, I ooh, what do you got? That looks pretty good. The harvest punch. That is eight ounce cran and orange infused Tito's vodka. Okay, okay so you do the little infusion. A bottle of prosecco. Okay. 
gallon apple cider. Okay. 24 ounces of ginger beer. Okay. Go to Trader Joe's, get that stuff. They got there. It's very good. Three apples sliced, two oranges sliced, eight cinnamon sticks, cinnamon sugar for rimming glasses. Wow. And you just make a picture of it. Or See, like that's what I'm saying. You, you, you bring Tito's to the party. Yes. And just fucking go to Tito's website, get some ingredients. Oh, my God. Look at this. So much good stuff. All right. Anyway, Tito's Handmade Vodka. We love you, Tito's. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, we know all of you uh, appreciate Tito's as well. When you do appreciate Tito's, send us a photo on IG, and uh, we appreciate that very much. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. There you go. Uh, Brad on the stream says, PSA, Davis High School grad Chelsea Stoddard just won the Kona World Championship Ironman last month. Go Blue Devils. Go Devils. All right. I wonder if she trained with EG. Probably. EGG. Yeah. Probably. So, uh, fuck yeah. Should we read the comment that made us laugh before we went live? Do you think she's stronger than both of us combined? Without question. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Chance asked, did you guys see episode one of the Cardinals in-season hard knocks? Did you watch it? I did not. I was flipping around channels last night. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, around this time, not much going on. And uh, I was on HBO Max and the show Industry that I watched season one. I was like, I'll watch season two. And so I'm, I, I'm, I'm searching for it. And then all of a sudden on HBO Max, hard knocks, episode one, in-season. Out of principle, I refuse to click. Oh, God. <laughs> I saw uh, Akash, who appears in our in our chat sometimes, big Niner tweeter. Uh, I guess tweeted out that there was a big like uh, Cliff was like, "This is our fucking season. These next three games," and then they lost last week. Obviously, they got. I mean, uh, oh, they just start in season. They don't like start. No, no, yeah, they started filming at the beginning of October. I'm pretty sure, or like mid October. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, like mid season hard knocks. I just they they're, I, they don't. Do that much for me. I, I I think from an entertainment value standpoint, that way. I if yeah. you said it was like Pete Carroll, John Schneider, Seattle, I'd be I would have clicked on it. Like I mean, there were a lot of teams I probably would have clicked on because again, a little desperate for content to entertain me. I passed that one pretty easily because part of it is just Cliff and Kyler. It's like, do I really want to spend an hour with Cliff and Kyler? And the answer was no, <laughs> and I didn't. Positive fives only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Amato on the stream says, need some Tito's after hearing the news about Jason Verrett's injury. Uh, pretty crazy. It seemed like, John, he was about to be back. Now he's out. Kyle Shanahan actually said on Wednesday that they thought he might be back to play last week, or I guess pre-buy. Um, Rams. In the Rams game. So he thought, this is what he was talking yesterday, pre-practice, obviously. He said, you know, uh, he. I just assume he'll be much closer today than he was a week and a half ago. And then he tore his Achilles tendon in practice. Same knee that he had the ACL repaired on. He'd previously torn the other ACL and popped the other Achilles. And um, uh, it's, it, all, it sucks for the guy, first and foremost. I think more than the Niners who clearly could have used him but didn't have to have him. Uh he was going to provide some depth for them, but for the individual who, I mean, has just been through so much. And we've seen him, John. When he plays, he's a good player. I vividly remember, I think, his rookie year when the Chargers drafted him, and he was good. Maybe a second year, because he might have got hurt as a rookie. I mean, his injury started pretty early. 
him maybe I, I know he picked them off once. He might have had two picks in the game against the Raiders. He was fucking awesome. And it was clear like this guy's really, really talented. Think about this. The 49ers keep giving this guy or keeping him around. Beside the one year where he played 13 games in 2020, the year they had a bunch of injuries, he's been on the team four years. So you remove that one year. In the other three years, he's played two games. And in those two games, wow. had two ACL tears. Think about that. Actually, one might have been an Achilles. I can't even keep up. The How Achilles many- came before the last ACL tear. How many pro athletes in the history of basketball, baseball, or football, or any just, you could do track, in their lives have torn both ACLs and both Achilles. I would imagine it's a pretty short list at like the highest level, you know, professional. I yeah. think this happened to humans, but he, he's got to be on the short. If you just went NFL only, how many guys have to- torn both ACLs and both Achilles? It's one. We've seen guys tear the ACL in the same knee twice, right? Or right. the Achilles pops again. Right. I, or an Achilles after an ACL. Right? Like getting out. hurt makes you more likely to get hurt again. Especially as you're not a before you're 100 percent and you're maybe compensating a little, whatever. Well, imagine if you just looked at Clay Thompson right now and said, "You're going to tear your other ACL and your other Achilles coming up sometime." He'd yeah. be like, "Fuck, I'm done. I I quit life." Can you imagine this guy? A lot of respect for his mental resilience. I know. And it might be too soon for him to decide if he's maybe he knows. I don't know. Do you come back again from all of this? Maybe he's only 31. That's the thing. But holy shit. And and I think he's had other, like he had an ankle injury. He had a labrum injury. It's not just those injuries. But, you know, once upon a time, one of the four injuries that he had here ended a career, right? If this was 1982, he would have been done four injuries ago. I know. Doesn't so it speak him, to how much this guy tries, like clearly well, likes playing football? I mean, most guys probably would have tapped out. And, and and to me, I I don't know why I'm assuming this. It does just feel like it's over. Like there comes to a point where you just can't, right? Part, because part of what he hangs his hat on, guy, as a smaller player, was explosion, movement. Like he's not a tall corner. His was of being a freak athlete. I, I knowing nothing, it wouldn't shock me if he tried one more time. Because yeah. he's needs to have like this has to get repaired either way, and he's going to have to rehab it either way, right? There is probably a difference of NFL rehab and like human rehab. I would guess definitely. Right? No, you're right. You're right. But like I mean, what Jeremiah make- tore his Achilles playing uh, basketball and worked for the NFL Network. I like this his rehab. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's true. Because I mean, luck tapped out because he just couldn't go through the monotony of it anymore, right? And that was like two injuries. Yeah. This guy's probably listened to a lot of music and podcasts over the years. Fuck. But I mean, no, you're right. But it wouldn't, I don't know. It just, it, he's come back from this many. Why would I start yeah, I, this I the last one? I, yeah. And he's, what does he make? Has he, he, he got paid this year, right? The Niners signed him this year, make a million bucks or whatever. Now, now will, will he get signed to rehab it? You know, probably not. He'll probably have to do that on his own time. Well, he's going to get waived. You know, they're going to wave him injured so they can use his spot, you know, next week. Oh, that's true. I guess. So this, the contract he is currently under was the contract he was on when he got hurt. Yeah. Like this, his contract for 838, the league minimum at his age. For a guy that got injured a lot, like it really sucks. He made $25 million. 
one thing that I mean that he got to play on his fifth year option. And in 2021, guy, the 49ers, he made $5.2 million last year after having that really good season in 20. And then obviously, Torres ACL, what was it like week one? Or I think it was week one in, tw- in 21. Uh, AK49er on the stream says, with Fred out, what are the chances Richard Sherman leaves Amazon and joins the Niners for the stretch run? Zero. I mean, remember, he came back for the Bucks and he got hurt. In the first game back, right? Didn't he hurt his groin? It, uh, yeah. So I, remember, I thought he did. He tweaked something in like his first or second game back for the Bucs. Well, remember, his last year for San Francisco, he was injured. Yeah. I think it's over. I I, I remember him tweet him like podcasting. I saw a clip saying like, never say never. But I mean, I've still work out, but it's not the same. Right, right. Uh, at five million dollars, you know, now he's played his entire career in California, so 25. How much is he actually, you know, but that big year for in 2020 made him some cash. Uh, Eric Armstead, the update on him wasn't fantastic. Uh, hairline fracture in his fibula, in addition to the plantar fasciitis in the right foot, the left fibula. Quick trivia question. Is it fibula or tibia? That's your shin bone. Tibia. There you go. Complete guess. Got it. <laughs> Got it. So he, um, he, does he have it? Does he, he has a crack in his shin bone? It, no, it's it's his left fibula is the hairline fracture. And then the plantar fasciitis is in the right foot. It, I mean, it's I don't see how. And I've been saying this for weeks, plantar fasciitis. Like when I hear plantar fasciitis, I do not think you're anywhere close to coming back. And I'm not. I'm no doctor, obviously, but I'm just a sports fan who's heard plantar fasciitis a lot, and that is ter- typically an injury that lasts forever. So uh, then you add to it a hairline fracture in the left fibula for a guy that's a big man. I I, I don't I don't know, man. I he's not on IR, right? So he he has a hairline fracture in his fibula, correct? Left fibula. Correct. Do you remember when the 49ers, the year that they went to the Super Bowl, Joe Staley broke his leg against the Bengals? Yeah. He broke his fibula. Okay. And remember that was he he missed a bunch of games but came back for the stretch run. That is an that's a very black and white injury, right? You break it, you heal it, you come back. To me, I would imagine the Niners would have signed up for a broken if you just said what you could pick one injury, you'd be like, I'd rather have him break the bone than have to deal with the thing that never goes away. It's no different than I would say it's it's a different injury, but when you have like, uh, you know, it's just swelling up arthritis for old Kinlaw's knee. You're like, well, it never ends. Uh, Joe Staley broke fibula out, hopefully minimum six weeks. You just heal it, heal it, train it, train it, put the heat on it, do what you got to do. The arthritis slash plantar fasciitis, those are the shittiest injuries going. It's like, yeah, we don't know. We just well, hope and, the pain goes away. And honestly, I wonder... Does the did the hairline fracture in the left leg come because he was trying to get back on the field, but could not, you know, just had to you just remember you and I used to talk to Doug Christie about this way back in the day. I remember Doug talking about it because he used to study, you know, Doug's in fantastic shape when one side of your body gets hurt. Now you overcompensate and the other side of your body gets hurt. And so dealing with the plantar fasciitis, all of a sudden, is there was there a contact injury on his left leg or was there now? more pressure on his left leg as he's working hard to get. Cause remember it was, it was like, ah, yeah, we're getting him on the field pregame. We'll see if he can go a few weeks ago. That's where they were at with Armstead. 
they're not talking like that anymore. Like we're going to see if he can go this week. That's it seems like it's done with. I don't, I don't want to say ominous, but it definitely was. Say, no, it's fucking ominous. It, it was dark. <laughs> it's it's he's not on IR, but honestly, I don't feel like we're a week away with Eric Armstead. Well, how does he do anything? He's got a broken leg and a hurt foot. How do you stay in shape? Let alone it's just it limits your ability to do anything. It sucks. Remember how bullish we were on the on the player, what he'd become, and it's there's no way around it. He's been a massive loss. Right, he's a really he's a stalwart player for them, as a guy, as a leader, as a player, as a body. He's kind of become you know for a non like Pro Bowl level guy, an integral part of their team and what they do. Yeah, if I said to you list the blue chip players on their defense, would he be on the list? I mean, he's one of the guys that they feel very good about, yeah. right? Usually, I think when you say blue chip, if you probably wanted to argue, you'd be like, well, it's not a pro bowler or an all pro, but it's like, yeah, for this team, he kind of is. If you're going to be a top two or three defense, like there are guys, you know, on certain defenses that might not be pro bowlers that like that defensive coordinator, like I wouldn't trade this guy for anybody but three guys. Yeah. Frank says Armstead said this week he was close to coming back. He had broken the bone and it was almost healed. All right. Well, we'll see. No, but you're right. It's. He's he's become that for them. Now they have depth on the defensive line, but when he's there, he makes that depth even more valuable. I'm not, I'm not trying to be – it feels like everything's heading the positive way. I mean, they've lost two guys in practice. Ebukam got hurt on Monday, and Jason Verrett – in fairness, Jason Verrett's almost in a different category. Did tear, like They've lost two guys in two practices this week. Yeah, yeah. Now, on gra- more, on natural could, grass. You could argue that Jason Verrett, like, I, that was kind of a hope. But losing Ebicam in a practice is not fucking ideal. Well, the, right? so Ebicam was a quad, but remember, Ebicam had had an Achilles thing before. So same deal. Like, does being hurt with one thing lead to something else? I did see that Jordan Willis is back now. You know, his window's open. So, you know, they because eventually, I don't give a shit. You have the best defensive line coach in the league. Like, Nick Bosa can't play every snap at every position. Like, who, they, like, who are their defensive linemen? I guess, you know, bigger role for the rookie. Well, I kind of felt like it's coming on. No, well, no, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say like, where's like, it felt like he was coming on. And then we haven't seen quite as much of him lately. I haven't looked at the snap counts, but well, I wonder if they tell you like, yeah, became a better player right now. We just feel yeah. better about him. Right. Which yeah. he, he's been, a, he's been good. Right. Wouldn't you say like he jumps off the screen when you watch the 40 matters, Ebicam. So. Well, I mean, the Cowboys this week, keep an eye on the, the Sam Williams, who you remember when we talked about, like, mm-hmm. that is a guy that plays a lot all the time. Now, he's a bigger body than Drake, but it gets to the time where do they not feel comfortable giving Drake 45 snaps? Do they want to keep it, you know, in the team, you know, 18 to 25 range? Sometimes you, you get to a point some, and sometimes during a season where it's like, yeah, this guy's got to play. So his here's his snap counts. First two games, 17-14, Denver 22, L.A. first time 26, 31 against Carolina, 12 against Atlanta, 32 against Kansas City, and then last week was 21. So, Well, well, why do you think it was 12 against Atlanta? Probably not. They don't love them against the run. Against the run, yeah. Uh, Kansas City 21. Yeah, so 21 last uh, two weeks ago against L.A. I'd say this would be a game that he can play a little bit in. Yeah, they're throwing the ball to Eckler, right? And they got injuries on their offensive line. Just, 
I think Drake Jackson's that number feels like 30 coming, right? More than 12. Yeah. Fuck, you just might not have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh here's a little here's a little stat for you. So Joey Bosa will not be playing in this game. Nick Bosa is playing in this game. I mean, it's Thursday, so knock on wood. Uh <laughs> there's our let's do guys breakfast. If Bosa gets a half sack in the game, then the Bosas, that's Nick and Joey and John, their father, become the sixth family in NFL history to 100 sacks. Give me the other families. Do you want to get how many of them can you guess? You think? I think you can get, uh, you can definitely get, huh? Watts, or do you got to include Watts, the dad? Yep. No, don't, doesn't have to be a dad. JJ 106, TJ 73. Uh, I don't know. I'm blanking. You should get the the Matthews, Clay Senior, Clay Junior, Casey Matthews. Okay. Well, I don't think how I many Casey. Uh, uh, I, I you know I didn't look up Casey. <laughs> uh, did he play at Oregon? Uh, yeah, he did. The Longs. Okay, Chris. How many Howie. stacks behind Howie do you think Chris was for his career? Well, Howie's a Hall of Famer. I'd go. Chris got fifty career sacks. Chris is closer. I this one surprised me. Chris had seventy. They Howie played, had ninety-one they pl- and a half. Played less games in Howie's day. Yeah. I bet Howie's career is not quite as long as you think. It's not like he had a twenty-year career. Um, yeah, okay, that's a good one. Remember John? I remember John Randall from NFL films in the nineties. He, he had, had a, a brother. He had a brother. Oh, Irvin. <laughs> and Irvin had eight sacks from eighty-five to ninety-two. See, to me. We talk like the Matthews or the Watts, like that's really impressive. When you just have like John Randall, Hall of Fame level guy, also had a brother that played for eight years, like that's yeah. fucking impressive, right? Well, how about this one, John? Chandler Jones. His brother Arthur had 10 sacks seven years in the league, 2010 to 2017. Arthur yeah, Jones. On the Ravens, I think, right? He was, yeah, he was on the Ravens like four years, I think. Arthur, so you're telling me that Chandler. And John Bones Jones also have just has other random brother that was just seven year stalwart for Ravens defense. Super Bowl champ Jones. <laughs> See, that's sense, impressive. Right? Well, like Drake May, the quarterback in North Carolina, who's supposed to be a stud. I mean, we're talking number one pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, same draft as Caleb Williams. No, he's a true freshman this year, right? Oh, I thought he was a sophomore. Is he a true freshman? I think Drake May might be a redshirt freshman. Okay. But. His brother was on like a North Carolina national championship team, and his other brother plays high level, plays college baseball at Florida, and then they have a fourth brother who's just like a freshman at North Carolina. <laughs> r- r- yeah, r- redshirted last year. Okay, so may, I mean he could play another year. He could play, but if he keeps this going, he'll come out after this year. Sorry, after next year. This guy Caleb would not. Caleb would like not six, be five, right? John? Caleb would not be a lock. To be the number one overall pick. Yeah. Now that's yeah, that's a pretty good one too. Next year might be the year to tank. Caleb is a fucking I've watched Caleb every week. He's a fucking as advertised stud. Yeah. So is this kid. I haven't watched a lot of them. Have you watched him much? Someone told me about him recently and I text a buddy and was like, Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's talking about this guy. Cause like you said, he's huge. He's six five and he can run. So he's kind of Herberty. Do you know that North Carolina is like they could go twelve and one or whatever and win? How about Mac Brown just like 
getting kicked out of Texas and having a just a great career afterwards. Well, well what's the knock on Mac in Texas? Like he kept missing on quarterbacks. He got this fucking kid and it's on. You should, oh my! I just look at his numbers: thirty-one touchdowns, three picks. My, my thing would be 70%, like, no I'm with you. I think Caleb's as good as advertised. But when does, if all things being equal, both high character, both sweet, doesn't the six-five guy always go over the six-two guy? Yeah. Because if if everything was equal, I would just go with the tall guy, the bigger guy. I think this guy can move. And he'll and be th- younger. That's the other thing. He'll be younger than Caleb. How old's Caleb? Well, I guess. Well, maybe not actually. This guy's twenty. He turns twenty-one next year. I bet C- Caleb honestly could be younger. The one thing you'd say with Caleb is like Caleb's nineteen. Turns twenty November in a week. Yeah, to me, it's just as simple as this guy's a good athlete. Caleb's a good athlete. This guy's just bigger. It's just easier to play football when you're bigger. Easier to see, but it doesn't feel like Caleb's not as short as sometimes I think he is, huh? Oh, how tall is he? I think he might be 6'2", which isn't tall. Taller than Jalen, though. He's thick. Caleb Williams, what's he listed? Listed at 6'1", actually. Yeah, to me, somebody said in the chat that Grady Jarrett's dad is Jesse Tuggle. Is that true? That'd be a good one. If true. (laughs) Yeah, Jesse Tuggle's his dad. I had no idea. Yeah, I can't blame you for different last names. Jesse Tuggle was always in like those uh, when you'd watch NFL films, and it'd be uh, who was the Falcons coach? Who was always, Jerry Glanville? Yeah. <laughs> People don't understand, man. NFL. If you did not live NFL films in the early '90s, that's how I got all my football. Think about it. when you really think about it. Like you weren't watching that much ball on Sunday. No, you just watched whoever your local team was and Monday Night Football. And NFL I, I, didn't, I, I didn't have cable for a long time, so I didn't even get that ESPN Sunday Night game. I remember going to my grandma's one time and being like, there's a thing called Sunday Night Football with Paul McGuire and Joe Theismann? I don't you guys, all these fucking people are watching this game and I'm at home doing my homework? <laughs> I remember thinking like, that's awesome. <laughs> I remember crying like, we need cable. We need cable. <laughs> and my dad was like, we can't get it. Because we couldn't get it in my house. So then oh, we eventually got the dish. And got dish. The dish was as big as the house on top of the, the roof. I just remember going to my grandma's for the first time as I was coming into a sports fan. Sunday night football in the fall. Theisman, Paul McGuire, and I forget the play-by-play guy, but Mike Patrick and Mike was Patrick. It, Mike? it was a three-man booth. The the the, the vivid sounds of their voices. I'm Mike like, Patrick had such a that was awesome. Duke basketball too. <laughs> Mike Patrick, remember? It was sweet. Uh, how about Grandma having cable? Grandma was ahead of the curve. Butcherbox.com/ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught Seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. 
I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, John, uh, coming up on Sunday night, the uh, 49ers play the Chargers. We will be live on YouTube after that game, unless unless the Colts win, and then we might have to go emergency uh, show. <laughs> uh, but one of the stories on Sunday night is definitely going to be the fact that Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel are in the backfield together on Sunday night, or at least on the team together, let me put it that way, and Elijah Mitchell. So Kyle Shanahan's going to go from nobody to everybody all at once. And I, I don't know. I'm very interested to see how he manages all of that. I listen. Jimmy Garoppolo is in a pretty good spot. I mean, think of what his what he's dealing with: Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, use check back George Kittle. I mean, is that how many teams in the league have a better version of that? Vikings got a pretty good one with Jefferson now with Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook, Thielen's pretty solid. But that's yeah. four. 
I mean, the Eagles have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard, Miles Sanders, and their quarterback can run. But, like, the Niners have five dudes that at any moment can, like, make enormous plays in the biggest games in the most important moments. Obviously, you know, Juszczyk's a little different than, like, Debo or Kittle, but, like, Kyle Juszczyk is a championship-level player. Well, you pencil him in for, like, one critical 12-yard catch per game, right? Yeah, and, like, in your run game, he's blocking nonstop. So, it just doesn't get any better. It's crazy to think, like, the only way that it can be fucked up is Jimmy throwing errant passes or McGlinchey getting smoked? Because for the most part, which is unheard of, the Burford uh, rotation at guard, <laughs> but it feels like the interior offensive line has been pretty good. When Trent plays, he's the best left tackle. It's is McGlinchey getting smoked. So is McGlinchey playing okay? And is Jimmy playing under control? When that happens, they're just going to be good on offense. Yeah. I think even without McGlin- if McGlinchey is even when he's a ro- if Jimmy doesn't turn the ball over Garoppolo doesn't turn the ball over. Do you think uh, Debo's getting carries moving forward? So let me. It's a great question. No, I don't. I don't think. Now I think he might get a couple. But Kyle Shanahan was asked about it. One thing he said was, you know, part of the reason Debo broke all those plays last year is was that the question was, about was he? I didn't hear the name. The yards per carry are way down. Was that they? Would they ask about Debo? Uh. Uh, like what? Why is his usage? I, didn't, I don't his, remember the question, but I think it probably was that because the answer was like, yeah, the reason he broke off some big runs last year is because he consistently got carries. When you only get, and now he didn't say this part, but when you only get a couple of carries, it's harder to break twenty-five yard touchdown runs, right? He threw a jab in there at Trey on the answer too. He's like, the one, the one good run this year against Seattle was a terrible look. Trey should have kept. Oh. Uh, Trey shouldn't have kept as far as I'm concerned. Well, no. Well, Debo Trey made three guys miss. Yeah. But so I went back and look. It's, I'm glad you brought it up. McCaffrey, as we know, in the Rams game had 26 touches, 18 rushes and eight receptions. And a pass. And a throw. Yeah. So I guess 27 if you count that. Here's Debo's averaging seven touches a game this year. Catches and rushes. Not, you know, and his, I don't. I'd have to go back and look. I don't think his target percentage is great, but I'd have to double check that. Like the number of targets relative to the number of catches. Chiefs, six touches for your best player. Atlanta, nine. Carolina, four. Okay, it didn't matter. The Rams game, the first time around, eight, but he just makes so much happen. Denver, 10. The Seattle game, nine. And the Chicago game, 10. So, you know, uh, we're talking about a lot of touches that Christian McCaffrey gets. And for as much as it feels like Debo makes a bunch of big plays, he's not 20 touches, let alone 15, let alone 10. He's averaging seven. Then you add in Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell last year, the last five games of the regular season, averaged 26 touches a game. He was good. And I will say, John, I'm no um, Deuce Staley, running backs coach. Good job. But, But there's probably something to be said for if you're running back getting the ball. You know, I guess it's nice to be fresh and only touch the ball 10 times, but there's something to be said probably for getting the ball 15 or 16 or 17 times and like getting a feel, getting on a roll, getting. And I don't know. I, I, how is Kyle going to manage this thing with Mitchell, with McCaffrey, with Debo, with Ayuk, with Kittle, with Juszczyk? There is still just one ball. Bring right? your barbecue, baby. <laughs> Time to cook. I'm just excited to watch because it is somewhat. Obviously, everyone watches this Sunday Night Football. It's the number one show in America. But I'd be shocked if 
the offensive head coach doesn't have a couple FU formations, whether they do a reverse or a, you know, uh, what, what was it called that Ronnie Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown used to run? Oh, the Wildcat? The, the Wildcat. Like, do you, do you expect a Wildcat with the two of them? Not. Well. Three of them. You know, they haven't been on the team that long. Oh, that's true. Could turn do, it Do over. you trust, I mean, a mesh point all of a sudden hits Debo's, you know, Debo swipes and hits and the ball goes. To me, it'd have, to be, it'd have to be like, you're keeping the ball. The fake is just a fake. You are Which is a wildcat. You know, a lot of people often have, have argued on the RPO and wildcat stuff. Some stuff is automatic give, right? Some of the tray plays are read option. And then I think coaches get mad like, well, that wasn't actually a read option. It was a read option look, but it was a 100% give. It's why we quote unquote pulled the guard or whatever. I'm with you. So basically whoever you snap to, it's a power run to Debo or to McCaffrey, whoever has the ball in their hand. Because I think, I don't care how many times you do it at practice, unless you're up by several scores, that's a pretty risky proposition to fumble. Even though I, I, I wouldn't mind doing it in the future, first game I would, I would hesitate. You know, Kyle I think you're right. The more I think about it, also, you like you've got a quarterback, you have all these weapons. This is not the only misdirection play you can run. There's a bunch of misdirection plays you can run where the quarterback is the one handling the ball and making the decision. Yeah. Um, additionally, I don't love the idea of Debo returning to like lead block on some power run for Christian McCaffrey or vice versa. Christian McCaffrey lead blocking or Elijah Mitchell. You know, like you could you could it. argue you don't need to do it in this game. You don't need to do it. Now, do you sprinkle it once to make next week's opponent to make the Cardinals on Monday night in Mexico think about it? I mean, you know, all that stuff is a factor, but you got to go the diamond formation. Might be a little cute. diamond formation. <laughs> and then they it. all run a different, you know, both do a wheel route and one of them. I don't know what I guess he could just go straight, but there go might double be a wheel, of, double wheel route, double wheel. I don't hate that. <laughs> Probably a lot of fun. And then Kittle walks and he's like, hey, fellas. <laughs> What are we doing here? <laughs> Just a tight end screen would be nice. You could run some screens. Some of these. Well, guys. they're going to go like tight diamond, and then it'll be like you know the play I hate when the only team that runs it successfully consistently is the Chiefs. That like inside tight end pitch. Yeah, I, that play sucks a lot, man. Here's what I would do: I would implement the fake wide receiver screen that the 49ers love to Debo. While the guy you you fake the wide receiver screen. Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. Ian Johnson. Yeah. So basically, he's on your side. You fake the wide receiver screen, everyone breaks, and then Debo or I guess Debo would be the fake wide receiver screen. Then McCaffrey goes around. Statue of Liberty style. Or like the classic Debo. Debo, it's one of those words. Juszczyk is the is the lead blocker with like those two guys behind him. You just give it to Juszczyk in like short yardage. Yeah. Trent Williams in the backfield again. This is actually an offense that could be pretty – like, how do, how do you lose Kittle? Well, I mean, if you're focused on all these guys in the backfield, Kittle does the – you know the play everyone loves is the tight end block, leak out, cut across, and then finds himself wide open in the opposite corner. Love that play. Well, remember when the Warriors just figured it all out in two years before Kevin got there, and they were just in a compl- – like, Steph and, Cl- Steph and Clay were un- unguardable, and then they yeah. added Kevin, and it was like, what does anyone do? I'm not saying it's that because those guys were winning chips, but it is like Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey are two of the better players in the league. K- George Kittle, if Travis Kelsey is the best tight end, he's 
I would say George Kittle's the second best tight end when you factor in everything he does. And Brandon Ayuk is clearly a high end. I don't know where to rank him, but if you did like a wide receiver draft from scratch, I mean, I don't think he's ma- making a pass like 15 picks. You know? Yeah. He's pretty fucking good. Yeah. That's that's a lot of firepower. One ball. This It'll be interesting to see like how creative Kyle gets or if he's just kind of slow and steady with this. Did you hear the comment he made about bye weeks? I agree, he's, though. He let the coaches just go chill. Yeah, he's like, because if you try to like reinvent the wheel during your bye week, you, it's you're, you're killing yourself. You're not all of a sudden you're not sleeping on a bye week because you want to reinvent your offense on a bye week. He's like, don't. What are you doing? Get away. It I made a lot of right, sense. Man, why everyone just leave Tuesday? Week. Just go home, hang out with yeah. your family, chill. It also made a lot of sense why week like early bye weeks suck because he's like, you're not ready. You don't need the bye yet. You're fine. Yeah. I think the earliest bye week you'd want is like week eight. Yeah, what is this, week 10, week 11? I feel like 8, 9, 10. Like, I don't, I don't think you want it earlier, and I don't think you want it too late. Do you? No. Because no. you're kind of in a rhythm. And who knows? It might be too late for your team. Like, you might be worn out and too far behind. And What I don't think you hate, as long as you win it, which they didn't, the Titans did last year, if you get a late Thursday game, as the Niners have now had back-to-back years, if you win it, that feels pretty good. When 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 uh, John was going to leave Jimmy in in on uh, Broadway Street. Yeah, sorry, I was just looking. This week it's week fifteen at the at the Seahawks. See, you win that game, you're feeling pretty good, right? Next week is Washington football team at home. Yeah, so you're going into Christmas. You get a little break. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, can I play for you some uh, Jeff Saturday? Everyone's yeah. heard this clip by now, but I really I'd like to break this down, John. If we if we could. Everybody talks about my, I'm completely comfortable in who I am as a man, bro. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football and I'm passionate about it. I have no fear about, are you as qualified as somebody else, bro? I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to playoffs 12 times. I had, I got five dudes in the hall of fame that play with it. You don't think I've seen greatness. You don't think I've seen how people prepare, how they coach, how they GM, how they work. I mean, one Super Bowl's been to two, like, Here's the deal, man. None of us are promised a good job. I may be terrible at this. And after eight games, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I may be really good at it. I got no idea. But I dang sure ain't going to back down. I can tell you that. Did he have that much of a Southern accent when he was on ESPN? Uh, I mean, he's a Georgia guy, North Carolina. I mean, he's a Southern guy. Yeah. I'd never uh, really listen to him, to be honest with you. <laughs> so... I do like his look. I, I I love a good like. DeSantis has this like I, that that mid forties dark hair. You're bigger, but you're not fat. Everybody you talks know? about my. Like, yeah. He just he looks like he could be a college football coach or a college basketball coach. Like that's the look. He's got great hair. He's got great. He has, I think he has really nice eyelashes. I think he just looks. He's a good eyelashes. looking dude. Good beard. Um. So. I, let me be very clear about this. I am rooting for Jeff Saturday. There are a lot of reasons that people aren't rooting for Jeff Saturday. I am not one of them. I am rooting for Jeff Saturday. But I think the odds of this working, and a lot of people agree, so I'm not going against the grain here, are extremely low. Like, extremely, extremely, extremely low. The odds of Jeff Saturday walking in with having played with some Hall of Famers. You know, 
I'm sure he is a good leader, I guess. I don't know. But he's never actually done the thing where you lead a football team. He went LeBron, too. Did you notice that? Which thing? He said, I've won Super Bowls. He won a Super Bowl. How about where he said, like, I've seen what GMing is? How? What? What are you talking about? Again, I'm not here to tear Jeff Saturday down. Friends I'm with, not. Friends with Polian, probably. Well, texting Jim Irsay every week? Like, I, I think he was talking about, like, I had a front row seat seeing Bill Polian around bringing in players. Yeah, but that's very different than, like, sitting in the meeting with Adam Peters and John Lynch in Prague. Or, or I don't know, like, going to USC and writing up players right? um, during the season? Scouting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I think... I'd be a little concerned about how confident he is that he can pull this off. Now, that said, you'd have to be in order to take this job. So he needs that confidence. He absolutely does. But I wonder, like, does he think he knows everything necessary to coach a head football? To coach he did football? claim that he, uh, if you watch his entire press conference, that it's he's, he might suck at this. Yeah, he, well, he said that there, too. I might suck at this, and everyone laughed. And if it, that's the case, after eight weeks, I'll say goodbye. Look, I don't blame him for taking the job. If they called you and me tomorrow, like, hey, guys, this is insane. You're going to get raked over the Colts. But could you guys come run a draft? We'd be like, fuck yeah. Right? Who wouldn't want this experience? But, you know, the problem is, one of the problems is, this is the guy that Jim Ursay was leaning on. And, um, you know, Jim Ursay doesn't, have anyone around him that's telling him this is a bad idea and Jeff Saturday clearly was not the guy that said you know Jim I think there might be a better way to do this I know that Jim Mercy doesn't have anyone around him telling him what they think a bad idea is because J Jim Mercy tours with a band that he pays he brings his favorite artifacts along with him and they all do a show together I've heard Jim Irsay saying, I, I'm not here to shut down anybody's dream, but it's not very good. He shouldn't be touring with a band. You did go through their accomplishments of the members of the band. They're pretty well accomplished. They're pretty band good. Members. But, but he's doing it, and no one's been like, you know, Jim, I, I don't – what are we doing here? Because everyone's got a paycheck. Everyone's getting a paycheck. Why would anybody say no when everybody's getting a paycheck? Why would Jeff Saturday say, Jim, I think whatever it is that you're about to do is a bad idea when he's a consultant for the team pulling a paycheck from Jim Irsay. Clearly, as he's been working for ESPN, the Colts have been paying him, right, as a consultant. So when Jim Irsay says, Jeff, I got an idea, nobody says, Jim, this might be a little crazy. Nobody on the inside. Now, Jim says, I've been running an organization for 50 years and blah, blah, blah. Again, I think this would be an incredible story if it works. Playing the Raiders or not, this would be incredible. But I, I think the odds are like, I don't even know. Oh, a thousand to one. I, I think this is very, very, very unlikely to go well. But it hasn't been working. So True. like it, it's been a disaster. They, they they just lost 29 to three to the Patriots, who are not some powerhouse. I mean, getting their ass kicked. A couple weeks ago when they fired the offensive coordinator, I, I forget the score, but I don't think they scored a point. So the 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 points, like their team is a joke. My my issue always is with coaches. They're three five and one. They're they're not good, right? But they're and my take on their time. record three five and one. So they played nine games. They feel much closer to one and eight than they do five and four. Don't they, they? lost to the Jags? So that was terrible. But they were also a game away from the playoffs last year. Yeah, and that's part of it. They had a really good roster. My main issue is like, well, you gotta do what? Make one of the coaches on the staff 
I, I'm not acting like this isn't insane. This well, we don't see this basically ever because part of it is like you don't bring someone on the outside because you have so many coaches. If if whatever your organization was, you don't have the manpower. You have to bring someone in because you don't have the numbers. Part of why it's easy in football in college or the pros when someone gets fired to have an interim because you have 15 fucking people to choose from, right? Right, right? So when Nebraska fires Scott Frost, they could have done an interim or they can just choose from one of the 15 guys on his coaching staff and they go, oh, this guy actually played quarterback here. Boom. Wisconsin, boom. Jim Leonard. Uh, Carolina, boom. Steve Wilkes. It's usually pretty easy because you do have, at minimum, two or three options where it's like, well, this guy can just capable of keeping us afloat, right? The Fort, uh, the Raiders, when they fired Dennis Allen, who was – Tony Sperano, RIP. He had been a head coach before. It's just there is every single staff, I don't care who you are, has a guy or two usually that's been a head coach. That's Isn't that kind of unique in the sport of football? That basically every Power 5 team and every NFL team, I would say, have an assistant coach that has been a head coach before and usually been fired. But, like, do you know why he was defensive? Of course he was, because why does any human get defensive? Usually when you know the person's kind of right. Like, he knows this is insane. Yeah. My, my bigger issue is that, like, him being a player, for example, has no – not that it hurts. It Like, he saw a high-level operation. But, like, that doesn't translate necessarily to anything. The greatest coach of all time – I mean, I think most people would agree. Some people argue – didn't come remotely close to playing a snap. Talking about Walsh or Belichick? I'm talking about Belichick. Oh. Didn't come – anywhere near playing in power five, let alone division two, let alone the NFL. Really his passion was lacrosse because he was probably better at it as a player than he was at playing center for Wesleyan. Yeah. Like when you think about even like urban Meyer or not, excuse me, Bill Bill Walsh did. I mean, Bill Walsh played some junior college football, but Mike Vrabel, I I, I was kind of looking around who the best player in the league is Vrabel. Well, Vrabel spent like eight years, half with Urban and then half with Bill O'Brien, coaching positions. Coach, he coached a, a defense once, but coaching positions and obviously playing a role, learning from Bill O'Brien and Urban how to be a head coach. Doug Peterson was a 15-year player, spent like almost a decade with Andy Reid being an assistant. Like, it's just impossible. But in fairness, this would be easier to argue or talk about, like seriously, if this was the beginning, like they did this in January, then I think it would truly be an insane. Like ultimately, does it even matter? That's my takeaway. Does it really matter that much? Now it does if he so, beats Josh McDaniels. Uh, yeah, that would make, if he beats Josh McDaniels. Well, he's going to win probably some games, right? You would think, well, the problem for him is like his quarterback's terrible. His offensive line is terrible. He does have the juice. Like if he went to gym, like we're going to go back to Matt Ryan. Yeah, which I, definitely could happen. That's true. Um, Because I saw today Matt Ryan's back at practice. I don't think it's inconsistent. Do you think we've seen the last of Matt Ryan playing a game? I do not, no. But I didn't, when they they made the announcement, I didn't think we'd seen the last of Matt Ryan. Because more than likely, I mean, they should. Let's say they lose this week 17 to nothing or 24 to nothing. It wouldn't shock me at all if he went, Jim, we got to go back to Matt Ryan. And he's like, Jeff, you do what you want to do. Yeah, right. He was not going to listen to anything else Frank Reich had to say. And you have to agree, you can't blame him because if you were in Jim's shoes, sober, not sober, crazy, not crazy, 
you would struggle like this guy's not doing a good job for my team. You told me to get Carson Wentz in here. And then you told me to get Matt Ryan in here. I did what you guys wanted. I, I, I think I'm critical of Jim Irsay and I'm not taking cheap, cheap shots at him, but I, I'm with you. I understand. Like I've, to, I've done what you guys told me to do at quarterback and it's been terrible. You, you guys had two first round picks. Didn't use either one on a quarterback and then traded one the next year to the Eagles who had Jalen hurts for Carson Wentz. Think about that. I know. What they passed on on Hertz twice, and then the Eagles took him, and then they traded a first for Wentz. But I wouldn't have drafted Jalen Hurts either. Understood. So like, most people most people wouldn't have understood because the Eagles took a lot of shit. Remember when they took Jalen? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have either. Full disclosure. I, but but again, like the point is just you guys are the professionals, and you keep telling me to do all this stuff that doesn't solve any of our problems and only gets us further down the road, the wrong direction. So I agree with that, and I and I do think we'll see him back. I also think. The Raiders are an example last year. Like, if if you told me that Mark Davis wanted to hire Howie Long instead of Rich Bisaccia, I would believe you. Now, they hired Bisaccia. He, he coached a good football team in the end. He got them to the playoffs, and then they did not consider him for their head coaching job at all. Did not have a legitimate chance to become the Raiders. No, he didn't. Why? Because Mark Davis wanted a big name, Right. Well, you know who consults Mark is uh, Marcel Reese. So maybe Marcel wasn't feeling that. Maybe Marcel didn't want the job. Marcel knows better, right? You don't don't take the job that you get fired from. Just keep the steady flow of money coming in as the consultant. Very smart. So, I mean, but but like I, I think Mark might have done this last year. Really, Char- Char- Charles Woodson, Woodson, uh, Romanowski. Uh, if 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 the right guy was in Mark's ear. Like Jeff Saturday was in Ursay's, Mark might have done the same thing last year and got lucky that Mayock was there and told him just, you know, that that Bisac- they just didn't really have a choice. Happened, fa- happened fast. Happened you know, fast. Bisaccia probably hadn't been thinking about it for a few weeks, right? In the way that Ursay didn't, because he didn't fire John. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it like came on them like a tidal wave out of nowhere. Yes. But he didn't actually want to hire Bisaccia. It's just no. he got lucky that this guy actually because here's the difference. And I don't know. I actually I don't know this the difference. I don't know what the Colts players thought of Frank Reich. But the Raiders people had to be John Gruden is not an easy place to be. So when John Gruden left, you remember some of the quotes? Who was the remember uh uh who had the quote? Was it the was it Jacobs who said something like, "Yeah, it's great not to be getting yelled at all the time." Remember that first week when Basachi took over? I think Josh Jacobs had a quote about like, "Yeah, it's like so." To me, that was different in that the building was like, "Whoo, Gruden's gone." All right, different environment. I I don't know what the Colts guys think about. Frank. Even if I remember correctly, Derek kind of said some things while like supporting the human being. Like, listen, I'm not going to shit all over this guy's life, but me and Oli now we can just kind of yeah. Yeah, Jacobs definitely said something like Jacob walking around something. on eggshells or something. Yes, yeah. So, like to me, that part of the reason Basaccia worked again, Gruden was not about to get fired if not for the investigation, but was that it changed? Like that building was under a dark, dark cloud. But isn't that the difference? Like, if I did this in basketball, I really just have to kind of endear myself to really like eight guys and get to know like an extra two or three on top of that. Like in the NFL, if I have an assistant coach. Who, who is just the special teams coach knows all the players. There is an element of a relationship. It he's in a tough spot just from a relationship standpoint. Yeah. Like it's just now where he's smart. He worked for the Colts. 
I would imagine all his tweets talking shit. You forwarded me some. He's never said anything bad about Indy over the years, oh, he right? He tweeted about Devontae was hurting his fantasy team last week. <laughs> That's insane. But do you, do you agree? Wouldn't you be shocked if you did a deep dive of his tweets? He was critical of the Colts. It'd I would be an be easy shocked, one to yes. avoid. Yeah. So luckily he's got none of that. And But what I'm saying is maybe I underestimated because he might have been following them a lot closer than I thought like the, knowing the guys on the team and knowing their roster and spending a lot of time talking to the gym and getting to know, he, even he said he texts with Frank. So like as a consultant, he was talking to Frank, which isn't that crazy. Like if you were Frank, you would want this guy's ideas. He was a key guy. Like that's normal. You, yeah. you talk to people. If you're a head coach and Jeff's around a lot and you get to know him, like what if you fucking liked him? Like, Hey Jeff, you want to come into the meeting? Like that's, that's, isn't that kind of normal protocol in sports? Like high level guys that have, it, now it's crazy the way that he jumped, but I know this. Everyone's paying attention to that game. Whether you're watching it or not, like you're peeking at the score. And it hit me today. I wonder if it's crossed his mind just by himself. Probably not. You wouldn't say this out loud. Like, I got to win this fucking game. Cool. And that being Josh McDaniels. For, for a guy that's never had any success as a head coach, so like strictly when you think about, do you think he's probably the most famous coordinator of like the last couple decades? I mean, there were a couple years of. Uh, I'm, I'm saying a guy that like, like Charlie Weiss became a head coach. Bill O'Brien became a head coach. You're like, saying guys I, that did become head coaches? Yeah, but that are just not considered head coach. Like ultimately, when I think Charlie Weiss, I yeah. think Notre Dame. Like Rex, I, I would say to me, the most, there are a couple. Monty Kiffin was very famous. Dick LeBeau was very famous. I'm saying the okay. So those guys, those guys are all time legends, right? Like yeah. even you, were you about to say Rex Ryan? Yeah, I yeah. Rex, but I'd say Rex won went to bolt multiple championship games as a yeah. head coach. So like Eric Bieniemy, very famous. <laughs> you you would have to admit like Josh is on the short list of just like famous role players from a coaching standpoint in the NFL's boom. Um, not as famous, I don't think, but I'll say, uh, what, what was the guy that was the, he was like the chief's coach for a minute. Steelers OC, uh, someone with an H, uh, him and Ben didn't get along. Arians? No, long oh, hair. T- t- Todd Haley. Todd Haley. Haley. Yeah. Todd Haley. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be up there. Charlie Weiss is a good one. I mean, part but, of it is just being Tom's coach and Bill's offensive guy. I just, man, I, I think everyone's paying attention to the score. And if you lose. And there's video of Jeff Saturday going nuts in the locker room, like pouring water on himself with DeForest Buckner and Jonathan Taylor, and they just beat you. Where's this game, guy? Vegas. Can you lose at home to no. Jeff Saturday and Sam Ellinger? John, you cannot <laughs> lose this game if you're Josh McDaniels. Uh, I'm not. You should get fired if you lose this game if you're Josh McDaniels, right? Do you agree with that? Listen, for take out all the emotional on this franchise. Because that's if, a pretty emotional statement I just made. 100%. If I'm the owner and this season's been a debacle, if my coach can't figure out a way to beat these guys, I think it's a fireable offense. I, someone told me that it was going around the internet that like verified Twitter accounts because you know you can pay for it now. A lot of people are getting fooled. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he gets fired Monday, but I, I I couldn't be shocked if he loses this game and Josh McDaniels has been relieved. And Mark just came out and said, "I made a royal mistake. We got to start back over." But we, we couldn't go on as as constructed. Well, part of the reason I think it could happen is because I think Mark Woods Mark is 
emotional. But how if you own the team, like just like Jim just was totally. watching his team get curb stopped by Belichick and Mac Jones. Ultimately, it's Belichick. So it's like if if Jim had decided, I give you another week, whatever. It's Jeff Saturday. Sam I know, no, no. Any any of us, a, 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 an even keel person on the team, you would consider firing him. But I think the fact that it's Mark, Mark is on the spectrum. I think of, you know, more emotional, more kind of Fanny, Fanny, yeah, Dom Capers, uh, Wisenhunt, Greg Rome, Greg Roman's a good one. Greg it's Roman's a, a very good one. Um, but jo- so, but Josh has so much more success than all those guys, right? So uh, in a weird way, you'd be like, Mark Davis, you're this is a knee-jerk reaction, but I would 100% understand that knee-jerk reaction. I don't know if many people would say that if he it's, loses this game. Especially because they just got – it's like this is the third week in a row. You would have an embar- – they've been embarrassed two weeks – embarrassed two weeks in a row. When you go three? Oh, you're well, saying would like be going into this yeah, – yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think many people would say knee-jerk reaction, you lose this game. The problem, too, is like the Colts would go on to lose eight in a row. <laughs> right? Like, it, I, I don't care. if it, <laughs> It's not going to wear well. I don't think. I just think it's just not. But I also expect interim coaches to inject a little energy in the first or second week. That just tends to happen. Right? Yeah. To me, what might happen is the Raiders beat them. The quarterback's not good. Matt Ryan comes back the next week, and the Colts beat whoever they play. I don't know who they play next. Well, week. I think one, obviously just because you play does not mean you can coach because part of coaching in they any sport t- takes patience. <laughs> and there's an element of patience as a player because you control it that you don't have to, uh, you don't have to have. It doesn't have to exist in you like it does as a coach. But I do believe that like, let's say Jeff Saturday had dedicated himself once he retired. He's so rich, but like he just wanted to become a position coach and work. He might have ended up becoming a head coach. Yeah, true. There are probably a ton of quarterbacks like Rivers, Breeze, Manning. That now some of them might not have the patience, but if they did, would be elite coaches. Like clearly, Rivers wants to coach. Something means a lot to him. If Philip Rivers wanted to coach in the NFL, I don't see how he wouldn't be good. But he, it's not worth the time and the energy. Yeah, I do wonder if sometimes for quarterbacks who are so in control when they were the player if it's a if if they have trouble managing everybody as the coach and not being the play caller and not being but Harbaugh's done it one element and I think a little like Rivers right grew up data coach used to coaching and one thing that would be difficult I wonder for a lot of former players that don't most former players, when they work in the NFL, then they start seeing the other side, right? Of cutting guys, of the draft process, of realizing there's a balance. It's not, it's hard, right? A lot goes into all these decisions. It's not, some of them are emotional because a guy fucks up and some of them are just a numbers game. Like it's just, it's, you run it like a business in a weird way beside like the Aaron Donalds and Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers the overwhelming majority of the guys are somewhat widgets, right? It's like, well, can we replace this guy? What can we do? Can we add this guy? How much is this guy going to cost? You're constantly thinking and talking like that. Think how often the older coaches like Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Belichick have just so comfortable having those conversations, right? You just It's just part of your vernacular of talking about the business of the sport. Beside just the game that week, 
like Andy and Brett Veach, Belichick and whoever he talks to, Pete Carroll and John, have just sometime this week had a big picture conversation about a draft pick that's working out or not working out or a guy that like, I don't know, this year, or this week, in the last two or three days. That is not X's and O's scheme, but just something like, you know, should we do a deal with this guy early? Or, or like, you know, this oh, yeah, guy might not be it. Ernie yeah. Adams, probably. Still talks to Bill. <laughs> Who's that guy up in the tree? <laughs> yeah, we just <laughs> put a fence up there and a, and a staircase for Ernie to climb up there. He's like, Bill, I told you not to get into FTX. <laughs> they talk weekly just because he manages Bill's money, probably, right? It's true. Didn't he make him a ton of money in like the <laughs> early 80s? <laughs> That's the story. Uh, Mike on the stream says, D'Amico to the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I would avoid the Raiders if I had options. It's pretty crazy. Josh McDaniels viewed could that's the job he took. Kind of crazy. After Ursay, after he said no to Ursay. I mean, those you know, are the two lot, owners that have wanted to hire. Him. Here's the thing, though, guy. A lot of jobs have red flags. Yeah. The overwhelming majority of jobs are not just the Steelers and you feel sure. comfortable. Niners when, had red flags when Shanahan took the job. When Nick Sirianni took it, they had just fired Doug Peterson, who won them the Super Bowl because he butted heads with them on analytics. Panthers are going to have, right? You're going to say, is the owner too involved? It's all these jobs, man. Cardinals fire everybody. It's like, you want to go fucking coach Kyler? Can't fire the players. He ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you want to do every day? Spend time with him? He doesn't want to spend time with you. <laughs> it's like having a teenager. <laughs> I know. It's like the Chargers. Well, yeah, the positive is Justin Herbert, and then the negatives are basically everything else. No home field. Your owner's cheap. You don't really have a fan base. Now it's yeah. If he's willing to pay you ten, you get ten million a year. You get Justin Herbert. Well, he's like doesn't really want to give Vic Fangio the three million. You know, he, can you find a guy for one six? And again, you go to the games and you look up, and at best, forty percent of the fans are yours. Like. Overwhelming jobs, guy. I think have major red flags. Who who would Mark if Mark fired Josh McDaniels? Who would he make the head coach? To? I uh, honestly, who was he going to make last year? Feel like he kind of lucked into Josh, which is, sounds crazy now because it's been terrible. But like Josh was interested, so it kind of became a no brainer. I think Antonio Pierce. I think Herm Edwards. <laughs> Antonio Herm's Pierce available. is on the staff, though, isn't he? Oh, I, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So we could promote Antonio. Uh. I think he would go back to the well of like an Al Davis, I, I, like a Wink Martindale was on the staff for a long time in the two thousands. That would be one you just kind of you go can't hire him mid year. You got to have somebody who's unemployed mid year. Oh, oh, you're saying like who was his? Jeff I'm saying Saturday? Tuesday. Who was at the press conference Monday morning? They lose to the Colts. He fires Josh that night on Monday. He makes who the head coach? What amount of money would he have to pay to get Charles Woodson to a degree to do it? Million dollars a game. I don't know. Charles might have the same attitude that Jeff had, which is like, shit, let's give it a shot. Well, what would you guess guess Jeff Saturday makes for the prorated half season? A couple million bucks? I mean, what was he making as the uh, consultant? Probably salary, half a million bucks or something. Uh, Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. It's a great question. I don't know. But Charles, I mean, (laughs) wouldn't shock. Like, to me, I think. Mark would do something similar. Big name, somebody that he's tr- Greg Papa, I guess it, no longer, but once upon a time. 
<laughs> David Blaine, go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, just just somebody from somebody who runs a casino or the best blackjack dealer in town. I don't know, man. Dion, uh, Tisha, Tisha Panachero, Dion, <laughs> Dion Sanders, K- Casey Plum, Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey Plum. Yeah. Uh, all right, John, here's what else is going on this week. Uh, Seahawks, some big line movements in the NFL this week. Seahawks opened at nine and a half as an underdog to the Bucks. It's now three. Uh, the Vikings and Bills, Vikings opened at seven and a half underdogs. They're now three and a half. Elbow's opened. Out. Yeah, elbow. Cardinals opened as six-point underdogs at the Rams. That one's now three. Kyler's got a hammy. Uh, uh, Stafford has a concussion. Uh, Monday night opened. <laughs> Commanders plus three and a half. They're now plus 11. At the Eagles. Why do you think that's gone up so much? Heineke hurt? I don't know. I mean, they've had, you know, they're like getting sued. That's become news, but that wouldn't be a reason for that game to be. Why does Heineke or Terry McLaurin give a shit? I don't know. That's that's one of those stories that I immediately, if I could scroll, I would have scrolled right by. Yeah, scroll right past. Um, But uh, yeah, Bucks seahawks big game. You going to get up and watch? What time's it kick? No. 6.30. Second, it, that's a beauty. It's like, wake up. Is it good? Yeah. Watch in bed. We'll catch the second half, uh, fourth quarter in bed. I've like, yet to see any. Are... I've yet to see any first half snaps in uh, Sunday abroad. morning international. Yeah, abroad. It, I think in my life. I don't think I've ever seen international. I would be fucking furious if the 49ers played an international game. Feels inevitable. I think they're going next year, aren't they? Are they? Wasn't next year China or something? One go. thing that helps them is they just get these Mexico City games. Yeah. 49ers granted marketing rights in Mexico and the UK. Maybe I'm wrong. Huh. I don't know. I typed in 40, 49ers international games. I got Long Beach State's men's basketball. <laughs> I, I got the same thing. <laughs> Uh, college games this weekend, Alabama at Ole Miss. That game's 1230 CBS. Alabama, 11.5 point favorite. UW plays at Oregon, 11 and a half, uh, 13 and a half actually now. Oregon opened 9.5 point favorites. It's now 13 and a half. I like the Ducks, by the way, in that game. Uh, TCU plus seven at Texas. That's a big game on ABC. And we actually got some Friday night football as well. Uh, Fresno State, UNLV, and uh, Colorado, USC. So there's your, I don't know why I'm doing a TV schedule on the show today, but there you go. Go Dogs! There's the full schedule. So, ow, ow, ow. Rob, oh yeah, Rob Ryan is on the Raiders staff. Did you know that? I don't know if I did. Maybe Michael Lombardi. Do you think he'll come back and coach? The, come coach? Come join the team? No, but maybe hire him to run it. Mick is the OC. His son. I can see a Michael Mick combo. <laughs> Al did once fire Michael, so would maybe. You know, Mark writing his dad's wrongs. Is that what's happening there, you think? Because guys, Al would rehire people too. Oh, fuck. You think they buried the hatchet or no? Like 10 times. Lane Kiffin, second stint. (laughs) Now that's an idea. What happens if he fires Josh and hires Lane this offseason? How badass would that be? Lane in Vegas? Sign to me, what would happen is like, oh, you know, almost isn't going to the playoff. Lane would just season ends in, you know, three weeks. Lane just joins the Raiders. He sits up in the box with Mark for the remainder of the regular season. 
kind of like a college coach does when the interim coach is still coaching the bowl game, but he's like up in the box with a TV crew. Like, yeah, guys, like the squad. Everything's happy, even though he's dog cussing everybody behind the scenes. Yeah. And whenever you see him, he's always got a big smile on his face. I mean, if you wanted to right your dad's wrongs or twist the, or, you know, kind of succeed where your father failed, depending on what Mark's motivation is, that'd be, that'd be bad. Because he's about to be hired by somebody. Auburn, maybe. Uh, uh, commanders. Yeah, maybe you, NFL. Are you going to be stunned if he has an NFL interview? Shouldn't no, Dave, shouldn't Dave Te- I guess Dave Tepper just hired a college coach. Probably can't hire him. Lane's a little unique, right? NFL family. His brother works in the NFL. Like they, I think Lane would be fine. Yeah. Lane in Vegas. He's been known to chase some tail. I don't know. Might be a bad, might, it's a bad fit for the players. No, it's a bad fit for the head coach. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Did we just empty the tank? Yes, empty the tank. That was a pretty efficient uh, operation we just ran. What's for dinner? Good question. You? I don't know. I need to go make an executive decision right now. What we got here? Uh, Falcons, Panthers, if you're listening to this before Thursday. <laughs> oh, my God. If you remember, remember we went through yesterday. It'd be good for the Niners for the Falcons to lose if you're a Niner fan. That is terrible. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, I don't know. Mariota, PJ Walker tonight. I think we need to change my at. What do you mean? That's your Instagram, though. True. I feel you know violated. You're still slanging crypto, John. Your, your your Twitter account is NFT NFT skateboards. Tweeting through the storm, I guess. The crypto storm. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Again, we'll be live Sunday night after Sunday night football, unless the Colts win and uh, Middlecoff will do Raiders live on the Haberman and Middlecoff uh, YouTube channel. I'll be live and in charge. Do do we go for twenty minutes if that happens? We may. We may not. We'll see. Yeah, no promises. We'll no right. promises. Uh, right. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Later. Love you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.